What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, ladies. And we are just trugging along in the mm-hmm. book of Luke. In the book of Luke. In the book of Luke in such a, a beautiful way. And today we are focused on Luke 17 and 18 of our series, Ways of the Kingdom. Um, we pray that it has been being a blessing in your life. And in particular, Leah and I have been talking a lot about how uh, the book of Luke has been transforming us in our hearts. I mean, when we do the final recap, we're going to do a final all things considered Mm -hmm. and... You know, we'll we'll put it on IG and ask you to ask some questions and make some comments about yeah. um, reading the book of Luke with us. If you already have some and you want to DM us, just hit us up in our inbox uh, through IG or through Facebook or through our email mm-hmm. at the Urban Christian Woman at gmail.com. And you like email. And you like email. Either way, do one of those. But we are, um, yeah, we have just been being transformed internally in Mm -hmm. in our hearts a lot. Um, And the Lord has been revealing a lot about the the inner workings of our heart and then rebuking and causing us, calling us and causing us to reckon. Correcting, Mm -hmm. causing us to reckon, calling us into like a greater view of just his mercy towards us. I mean, we were even talking about earlier, like how our propensity is towards the the judgment and sort of like the the hand coming down of God and we're like ooh that's motivated it's like okay that is profound and his mercy is profound and his love is profound and so yeah I, I've been truly taught and instructed in that way too yeah so we're digging into Luke seventeen and eighteen and focusing as we said on the series of the ways of the kingdom and our big picture takeaway of the way of the kingdom today, Leah. Drop it on us. Yeah. So the way of the kingdom is faith in action demonstrated by obedience, obedience through following God. Mm. And so in the chapter 17 and 18, Jesus is instructing his disciples about faith, um, the obedience that faith produces, and the posture of the faith believer. So sort of take us through, Leah, who yeah. are these key players yeah. in chapter 17 and 18? So chapter 17, we have Jesus, we have the disciples, mm-hmm. these 10 lepers, one of whom is a Samaritan. 
then there's a reference to Noah. There's a reference to Lot and his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in chapter 18, we see Jesus on the scene again with the disciples, with a widow, an unrighteous judge, as we see this parable played out. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees and the tax collectors, the general crowd, we see um, Jesus addressing children, addressing a rich ruler, addressing Peter, the Gentiles and the Romans and the blind man. So, I mean, there's a lot of interactions, particularly in 18, that are going to be really um, just real rich for us. Yeah. Um, No pun intended, rich young ruler. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So this is taking place um, as Jesus is heading toward Jerusalem to face his crucifixion. And Jesus, um, being on his way, um, he's passing through Galilee and Samaria and is approaching Jericho. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, we are, we, listen, we're on our way to the cross, honey. Mm. Okay? We on our way to the cross. Don't and turn so back. There's an, oh, come on with these old school hymns. You know about the old no school No turning back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We in here today. Okay. So, <laughs> Leah, why is this taking yeah. place, girl? These chapters, again, just like last week, are chock full of parables. They are. Jesus <laughs> is telling these parables to point and reveal what is faith for the individual who seeks to follow him mm-hmm. and who Jesus has come for, the lost and the least, those who are willing to repent, believe by faith, and follow him. And so we're going to see just a huge theme of faith and the response of faith, both in obedience and how prayer is a type of obedience. Woo-wee! This yeah, going to be a so, good conversation. Yeah, so then walk us through, walk us through, Toshiba, the themes for 17 and 18. What are these main themes that we're going to see in Anchor On? Yeah, so in chapter 17, we see the rhythms of community in the context of faithful discipleship. We're seeing humility and gratitude as postures towards God. And then we see this theme of seeking signs, yet the focus as Jesus taught um, is being uh, focused on faith-filled obedience. And, mm-hmm. and then in chapter 18, we see prayer is faith in action. Uh, we see the theme that the pathway in a person of faith uh, sees and embraces the holiness of God and sees oneself incapable and inadequate to be righteous. Mm. And so uh, the, the, the last two are in 18 that we sort of observe is that there are going to be these hindrances. We're going to see the things that can be hindrances in embracing Jesus and entering the kingdom of God. And then we see these cries that are over and over repeated um, as there are these cries out for that righteous embrace of mm-hmm. Jesus and entering the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. Okay, so let's talk about these repeated words, okay? These repeated words are um, that we see are sin and uh, forgive, faith, the kingdom of God. We're going to see a lot of the kingdom of God, the son of man um, in, the days, um, in the days of and on that day. We're going to see pray. We're going to see follow. We're going to see enter. We're going to see righteous and unrighteous. And then we um, also are going to see son of David. Mm-hmm. Jesus, son of David, um, is is another repeated word. And so um, a lot of repeated words this, mm-hmm. this go round, but I think it's so good. And it highlights, uh, just as we're saying, what, what that key takeaway is. So talk to us about some of these key verses, Leah. Man, okay, 17. I, 
full disclosure, I'm always the one who's like, but isn't this one the key verse? And isn't this one? Isn't this one? Every verse is a key verse. Every verse is a key verse to me. <laughs> Bible lover. I really feel that way. I love it. I love it. You love Jesus yes. in the Bible. So I, I'm going to say, okay, so I was really anchored on um, 17 uh, verse 6. If mm-hmm. you have faith like grain of a mustard seed, um, I'm sorry, the whole verse. And the Lord said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. And I, I think that that probably is where I lean as far as key verse for 17, because I think it is emphasizing Right, what we're talking about, this element of faith, yeah, um, and the role that it plays, the obedience through faith that it plays, the the role that that plays, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so I'll just mention also seventeen thirty three. Come on, whoever it. seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Come whoever on, loses his life will keep it. Come on, and I I think because that resonates already what we talked about in in chapter fourteen. Come on, I'm like it's important. He's he's saying it again in a different way. He's rephrasing the. The, the subject, and Absolutely. so I think that, yeah, we really can can draw a lot from those those two verses. Absolutely. I will 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay, okay. Tell us about 18 then. Yeah, in 18, we're going to see in the second part of 18.4b that says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And, uh, I mean, it ties in so beautifully with what you were saying in chapter 17, mm-hmm. and especially with um, uh, 13. There are so many implications connecting those two together. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, 18, 26 through 27, those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he, being Jesus, said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Y'all, I'm going to lap already (laughs) on this podcast in here because it's going to be fiery today. So let's talk about what's going on. Let's talk about what's going on in the Let's text. get this party started. Chapter yes. 17. Chapter what's popping 17. off in 17? So Jesus is beginning in this chapter by speaking, first of all, he's addressing his disciples about how they must treat and relate to each other if mm-hmm. they are to identify with the with faith and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole framework for um, how they deal with each other around sin and forgiveness. Yeah. And first of all, I mean, the, the fact talk that about he, I know, he addresses them by by talking about temptation, right? Temptation is right. inevitable. It's right. going to come. It's a fact of our brokenness in this world. Mm-hmm. Yet Jesus specifically pronounces woe to the one through whom temptation comes. He says, don't be. Ooh-wee. Don't be come in on. the family of God and producing a barrier that already comes that already naturally comes that already from things that, and comes. people that are outside of the family and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so he says, woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, who are these little who ones? Who are the little ones? That he's referring come to. On. It's not actually little people. Mm-hmm. I mean, although I guess you could say that, but it it is this this larger framework of the vulnerable. That's right. So we're talking about the little ones, the vulnerable ones the in the kingdom of God, the mm-hmm. least, those that are outside, and the the ones that um, to whom like this this very tender care yeah. and treasure is important in in bringing them into the kingdom through barriers, through all of the ways that will already be barriers. Yeah, um, he's saying to his disciples, "Don't let yourself also be a barrier." 
um, for them to come and experience the kingdom of God. And can we just say this? Because I think mm-hmm. um, I just want to highlight this. If somebody is like listening with a friend and they have not been following us in Luke, mm-hmm. but as you're talking about outsiders, as we say outsiders, as we say yeah. Louise, all yeah. of these what things. Does that mean? It, he is, Jesus is not calling them outsiders. No. They are no. they are welcome in his kingdom. Yes. He is talking in about fact, the social. Yeah. The, yes, he uh, often he elevates. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when when we're saying this and he's speaking to the little ones, he's referring to the vulnerable who are societally Yeah. in the society. In the society. In the in the cultural context, in the societal context at that time Mm -hmm. so we i mean and that's i'm so glad you parked there because it's so important to see that this is when we read the bible now we're reading it outside of just being surrounded by the context in which it was written yeah but we're not intended to read it in that vacuum right like we have to understand that those words were said in a place to a group of people in a city in Mm -hmm. a government in a in all these societal contexts and so when yes there is it, there's an application for us as well of like we can look into our society and see oh yeah who are the vulnerable in our midst who are who does yeah. society call an outsider yep. and begin to draw those same conclusions but yep. yeah we got to know that context first yeah. thank you as as we you know one of my favorite phrases from uh taking some of the Charles Simeon trust courses are them then first mm. and then us now mm. okay so when we're looking at scripture you're looking at them then mm-hmm. okay don't insert yourself yet mm-hmm. and then you work your way all the way around and at the end you can get to us now so yeah. go ahead yeah. girl that's good mm-hmm. that's good okay so he says temptation to sin will come yep. so, and ultimately if it comes some of us will fall and all of us will fall into yeah. temptation yeah. to sin mm-hmm. and will actually sin then how do we interact with each other so when he says pay attention to yourselves, he's essentially saying, listen, tend to your family matters. Like y'all got to actually deal with how you interact with each other Woo! when you sin. And let me tell you, he's actually, t- he's talking to his disciples. So you know he's talking to a crew of just sort of mismatched, modge podge mm-hmm, folk. Mm-hmm. We you, are got a do- you got doctors of- in there. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, um fishermen in there yes. you got blue collar you got yes. you got white collar workers so you got across, academics in there right across all those lines of difference he says what actually defines the dynamic of this family come on now. y'all already know y'all rubbing i mean they've been on this journey with each other surely they've already rubbed up against each other the wrong way for sure what defines the dynamic of this family and Facts. the definition is forgiveness this Ooh, radical that's forgiveness. that's a whole word for all of us in not only this radical radical forgiveness Ooh. which he focuses on mm. but also also, this rhythm of truth-telling, repentance, forgiveness, truth-telling, repentance, forgiveness. Oh, man. And it's especially good for us to really reflect on these last two because, you know, well, I mean, for me as an Enneagram 8, I got the truth-telling down, okay? Like, I got, I got it. I can tell some people some things. <laughs> Come on. I can call out some sin. Okay. But what comes after that? If When repentance comes, forgiveness is the response. Mm. Forgiveness is the response. It doesn't just end with the truth-telling. Mm. It actually is not fully completed Come on. until there's that true manifestation of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so then it's wild that the, that the disciples, how do they react to Jesus telling them that they must forgive each other seven times, seven times? Se- He's literally saying endlessly endlessly that's that's sort of like this how, how do yeah, we this do big this hyperbole for like nonstop. yeah and they're like so on the heels of jesus saying that 
mm-hmm. setting this this precedent for their yeah. forgiveness among the family of God. The next thing they say in response to that, mm-hmm. increase our faith. Mm. They're like, wait a minute. You want us to do to do what? What now? Like that is that is a very tall order, Jesus. And mm. Jesus responds, um, "You're asking for increased faith, but it's not more faith that you need." He says, "If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this Ooh. mulberry seed, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you." That's mulberry a whole indictment. A is a stubborn, brambly tree. But he says that if you have faith, you mm. could say to this stubborn unforgiveness that's mm-hmm. rooted in the culture, mm-hmm. and you could you could uproot it and plant it in the sea, and it would obey you. They want more faith, but Jesus is saying the faith is in what the faith is in is actually how it packs the punch. Ooh, say that again. What the faith is in is actually how it packs the punch. So they're not they're looking for more, but he's Leah. saying who I am is enough. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. And so, and 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 then, and I love that that mm. ver- you, the Jesus. next. I know it's so. Thank good. you, Jesus. The mm. next verse, verse seven, is sort of separated in a lot of Bibles, but it actually flows together. I mean, Jesus is not stopping talking, mm-hmm. and and they flow. It flows what he's saying from the previous thing. Essentially, he's saying that when you do this. You have actually done what's expected of you. When you express this radical forgiveness, Mm. this isn't actually a tall order in the kingdom of God. And it shadows what we're going to talk about in 18 of what is impossible with man is possible with God. Mm -hmm. But he frames it with this sort of storytelling. He says, will any of you who have a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he is coming from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? And so he's he's framing this of like, does he does does the does the master thank the servant because he did what was commanded? Mm. Listen, he's like, this is a basic thing. It's Forgiveness basic. is foundational to being in the family of God. So when you've practiced this radical forgiveness, mm. he says, so when you've also done all that you were commanded, when you've practiced this radical forgiveness that I'm commanding you, just say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. We're only showing up doing the very minimal thing that you ask, which is to practice forgiveness. And why is that so foundational? Mm. Because the definition of us being in the family of God is that a perfect and holy God has forgiven us. And so what more, it, what what other basic thing mm. would he ask us that we would express that forgiveness one to another? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Listen, listen, listen. That there is so much power there, and we got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Jesus then continues on his way to Jerusalem, and mm. so we we come we encounter this um, we encounter this encounter, if you will, <laughs> that Jesus is going through this area between Samaria and Galilee, and he enters a village where he encounters ten lepers. And what I just want to point out is, first of all, they all call him Jesus Master, Mm -hmm. right? As they ask for this merciful act. Yeah. And so they're asking out of faith, right? They believe Mm -hmm. that he is Jesus, that he is a master. Yeah. Um, And as they act out of this faith, what what happens in this space is that they are healed. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, why why did he say, go and show yourself to the priest? Because the reason that they were on the outside is lepers were considered unclean. And the priests were the ones who evaluated the cleanness, cleanliness, whatever cleanness, Mm -hmm. to be able to go in and offer sacrifices in the temple. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So he says, go show yourself mm -hmm. to the priest. The priest will evaluate and 
say, yeah. oh, you're clean. As, as they go along the way, they are cleaned. But the only one to return and give Come thanks on. of all the 10 is the one Samaritan. Samaritan. He was a foreigner. Mm. He turns back, praising God with a loud voice, which that's for us. Come on. For, <laughs> all, for all you worshipers who love to be loud yes. and people who talk loud, like myself and Leah. Yes. Listen, we are in the text. And We're there. We, we are is, seen by God. We talk about windows and mirrors. This is our mirror right that's, here. This is he it. turns and praises God with a loud voice. <laughs> He falls on his feet. Yes. Um, he falls at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Mm-hmm. And Luke points out, now he, this one sentence, now he was a Samaritan, period, mm-hmm. period. <laughs> Listen. Period, period. Period, period. When this Samaritan comes back, Jesus responds to mm-hmm. him. He responds actually to everybody. Come on. All, te- all 10 were cleansed. Yeah. Where, where are the nine? Where, where are the no, other ones? No one returned except this foreigner. And then yeah. he says to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Listen, the Samaritan knew that spiritual healing is truly what he needed, regardless mm-hmm. of whether he was no longer a leper, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether he was able to enter the temple and well, you know, we'll, I think we're going to unpack this more later. But what were they even going to the temple to do? They were going to offer sacrifices mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And yet here is Jesus actually pronouncing his power outside of the walls of the temple. Mm-hmm. And who sees it? Who the only one sees it is the outsider, yeah. the foreigner, yeah. the Samaritan. Yeah. He sees that the power of God is not just where the institution is. Yes. Not just where the walls of the temple mm-hmm. are, but it actually is where Jesus where is. Jesus is. It's where Jesus is. Mm. All the other, the other nine were content to kind of do this ritual. And yet the one, the Samaritan says, I don't want to just do the ritual. I want an encounter with Jesus who heals. And the healing that he did physically Mm. in cleansing them of their leprosy was just one element. But when he says, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Come on. He's talking about a whole nother level of healing. Yeah. A wellness of his 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 true infliction. His soul. His soul. His true affliction, which was that of his soul. Soul. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, and then, so we keep going. Lastly, in chapter 17, Jesus then is addressing the Pharisees who are asking when the kingdom of God would come. And they ask when, and yet Jesus responds in the how, right? They're not even asking the right question. They've missed what's right in front of them. And Jesus responds, look, the kingdom of God is not here or there. It's in the midst of you. <laughs> the king- I, am, I am the kingdom, I am the of, kingdom God. of God. So he manifest. He's got to instruct these Pharisees on seeing, seeing the, the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. Go because ahead. they're missing it. Yep. He turns to his disciples, and then he asks to address, he addresses them in a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the kingdom of God manifest. The kingdom of God is wherever God's reign is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus is exercising the kingdom of God because he is a manifestation of that. Yep. So he's turning to his disciples. He instructs them on something totally different. Yep. He wants them to know about what is to come. Yeah. He says, "You're going to desire to see one of these son of the days of the Son of Man." Uh huh. And um, I, you know, I was even like as I was reflecting on this thinking like maybe there maybe he's alluding to the fact that you know once the early church is started and and these disciples are becoming the the church fathers and the leaders of the church they're going to be in these days and eras of suffering and they will long for sort of that 
powerful supernatural mm, display of God's yeah, power. What you know they what saw, I mean? What they saw before. Right, Christ exactly. They'll be yeah. longing for that. And I think maybe that temptation will come for them to sort of look for these little displays or supernatural mm-hmm. uh, displays of God's power. Yeah. And in fact, you know, other they, I'm like, who is the they? Is he talking about the Pharisees? Yep. You know, this is, that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. They will claim to see it, but Jesus says sort of in gentle, in this gentle correction, yeah. not nah, like that's not going to be it. You'll yeah. know when it is. Yeah. Because it will be so unmistakable, like lightning in the sky. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he sort of drops this little nugget right in the middle in verse right. 25. Right. Like, this is actually what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. First, first, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So he's always, always telling them what's going to happen. What's going to happen. He's always he's gonna do that in 18 foreshadowing, too. foretelling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, he's, in, he's informing his creator of what is to come for him and and what to look for. And then in verse 26 to the end is really Jesus illustrating what this day of God's judgment will be like. Yeah. You know, he talks about Noah and Lot. Both were pulled away by God's hand before total destruction happened, okay? And then there's also, hold up, hold up, hold up, because then there's also this element of Lot's wife. Yeah. This this one little sentence that that, uh, Luke uh, transcribes from Jesus, remember Lot's wife, period period he's like yo do you remember and then it's it's so it shadows to us 14 where he said he's talking about true discipleship don't Mm -hmm. turn back yeah don't don't say first i must bury so-and-so yeah don't say first you know yeah thinking of all these treasures that you have on earth lot's wife turned back looking back she looked back lot's wife looked back looking back come on and and because of that, mm. she experienced the same destruction that came to the very things that the the earthly trappings that yep. were meant to be destroyed. Yep. And so, man, man, that's that's just a whole like just right. deep word on this discipleship. And which which mm-hmm. to me, which you know, it's it really flows in right to thirty three, right? Yeah. Like this key verse that you pulled out: Whoever mm-hmm. seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Yeah. And so, this understanding of that, like you laying down, you preserving your life right. is losing it. Is saying like, no, I'm not. Yeah going to go back in even Lot's wife her looking back mm-hmm. and he's saying when you look forward it's mm-hmm. actually come and follow me even if because she was already a way off when she looked back in she, my, my she, sort of biblical imagination I'm like even if all she wanted to preserve was a memory yeah even if all she wanted to preserve was a memory yeah yeah that tr- that that wanting to treasure what was Ooh. Instead of looking ahead. Now we talking about treasuring? Now we talking about now treasuring? We're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> now okay. we talking about treasuring. You know, we always going to have to talk about treasuring. I know. Come on. But yeah. this, that that longing, that that memory even mm-hmm. was, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. Treasure me. Treasure me. Treasure mm-hmm. me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so then lastly, uh, ra- you know, rounding out in 17, Jesus is talking about the winnowing between the righteous and those who are his own and then those under the judgment who will be almost like indiscernible until that moment. He talks about they will be, one will be taken in the other, there will be two in bed, there will be two uh, grinding together, one will be taken and the other left. And so there's this this togetherness that only, Mm. only, only the judgment of God can really discern 
who is spiritually alive and who is spiritually dead. That's a whole word right there. Say it one more time because people be out here making high-level judgments. Like From my whole self. Like, they ain't saying. When we were talking about Luke just taking us just really into transformation, this this is one of those places for me where it's like, stop trying to dis- stop trying to winnow okay the winnowing fork is in jesus's hand Woo! stop trying to winnow that's fast stop trying to i mean there's a there's a difference between discernment right you want to discern truth from falsehood yeah. but there's a difference between that and you carrying the winnowing fork of judgment saying oh no i got it and you don't yeah he got it and you don't she you know you can't mm. And Jesus King Jesus like, has something in chapter 18 to say about that. Oh, you're going to bring it. You're going to bring it. I know you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm he has something. He, he has something to say about that mm-hmm. judgment of others mm-hmm. versus seeing your own, yeah. own Deal, heart, your, your own, own disposition. Heart. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. not to be self-consumed, but it is to keep you in a proper yeah. posture of yeah. humility. Yeah. yeah. And that humility should bring around mm-hmm. a desire to turn to the Lord and pray for our brothers and sisters yeah, and be able yeah. to say, Lord, you are the only one who can do this. I, I may see yeah. these things in, in, in this person. Mm-hmm. Lord, will you yeah. awaken them if they are, mm-hmm. are asleep or are dead? And just the humility of like, we won't even know. We won't until, know. We won't even know if his work is complete in a person until mm. the end. Come on. Until, again, the master of the house has risen and shut the door. We won't even know. And so there's a mercy, a posture of mercy that we must hold on to okay. in that. Come on, talk about mercy. Because we, we're out there grinding together, shoulder to shoulder, in the Come field on. together. Come on. And woe to, woe to it lest it be us. Right? Wait a minute. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That, I'm just saying, yes. like, like that's literally it. Woe to it, mm-hmm. lest it be us, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but by the grace of God. Right, right, exactly. And and they're asking, and I, and I think the disciples are almost, like, a little bit worried of, like, where, where, Lord, where? Like, this this sounds real intense. And he says to them, he sort of <laughs> ends so end 17, where the court, I know, like, when, it's so intense. They're like, so wait intense. a minute. Wait, where, where? And he just tells them, like, this sort of ominous thing where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Listen, we don't know we don't the know. where's, but we know that judgment will come on the spiritually dead and pe- mm-hmm. period, full stop, because mm-hmm. that is that is what we do know. Mm-hmm. And so let it be a sober reminder, a sober awareness for our yeah. own selves, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and just a sober reminder that mm-hmm. we want to proclaim life. Oof. In dead places, Oof. so that the so that the death will be pushed back, mm. that the life will come, and that the judgment that comes to death will not be in this space. Mm. Let it not be. Mm. So, mm. so that's so that's where we sort of end with seventeen, mm. and then I'm looking forward to this shift of like we're still talking about faith. Yeah, we're still talking about the exercise of faith through yeah, obedience. Man. Yeah, so, man. So yeah, take us through eighteen. What's happening here? Hey ladies, we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the Urban Christian Woman right into your headsets, your airwaves every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. 
Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the U.S. So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month to the work of the urban Christian woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your investment into the lives of urban women. Take us through 18. What's happening here? Yeah, I mean, right flowing right out of chapter 17, Jesus tells these series of parables to bring the understanding about how one pursues faith and uh, the uh, and postures themselves to receive faith mm-hmm. that is being offered by Jesus himself, right? As the initiator, we've talked a, a lot about that yeah. in the previous podcast. Ooh, but, yes, good. Um, and so at the top of chapter uh, 18 in verses one through eight, we're seeing Jesus telling this parable of this widow, right? Who is not receiving justice and is persistently pursuing this unjust judge for justice to mm-hmm. to to really just teach us about prayer as a faithful mm-hmm. action, mm-hmm. and so in this chapter we'll we'll see how um, Luke is highlighting each individual state as we press on. We're going to see a multiplicity of characters, right? And w- when we're looking at these individuals, what I want to say is that we want to be looking at their state, their Mm -hmm. status, where they are, not just in society, but internally. Mm -hmm. And so in this, in this chapter, we'll see that and, and we'll see um, how, how that has implications. This widow was in the margins. She had no position or status in society and Mm -hmm. was easily forgotten, right? Mm -hmm. We're reminded of the text in James that says pure and undefiled religion is what? Caring for the orphans and the widows in their time of need. And so knowing that widows were not cared for, they Mm -hmm. were just not, they were easily forgotten. Mm -hmm. And so this widow is going to this unjust judge. And in verses three through five, it tells us that this widow was persistent Mm. and she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and continually coming. And so that speaks to her persistence. And then the text goes on to tell us that this judge who was unjust and really didn't want to handle the matter, right? He was Mm -hmm. unjust, didn't really want to handle it. But because of this persistence that this widow had, he's going to respond to it and he is going to enact justice. And so Jesus is making the point that if an unjust judge can honor a persistent widow's request, how could the God of justice, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. How could the God of justice not respond to his people who seek his face fervently? Not only would he act, but he's going to act and respond Speedily. Mm-hmm. So it's not really whether or not he sees us or if he doesn't hear or if he's not responding, yeah, right? Yeah. He is just and he does respond to his people. The question is, will we show our trust mm-hmm. in him by faith to pursue seeking his faith, faith in prayer? So this... Just, I'm just like that is a, that is that is right right that's a right now word yeah for yeah right now. yeah and so yeah just mm, thank you for unpacking that I mean I think like even just the fact that she was looking for something from this judge who was like I don't even fear God I don't even fear him 
Who, who is he? God. Who is he? But I hear right. you. But you I know? hear you. And so if he if he has that posture, how much more the God who created this widow, this beautiful yes. child of his, yes, girl, see that's what I and care. Mm, yes, yes. I mean, let's let's take that. Let's take, take it that away. In. Mm-hmm. Take it in. It's posturing a, ourselves towards the just. Yes. The just judge. The just judge, right? And petitioning him in faithful prayer. Yes, yes. In the habit, in the sort of tradition of this widow. Yes. In verses 9 through 16, Jesus tells this parable of these two men and what they understand faith to be and the reflected posture of what they believe about God and themselves, right? So we're going to see the contrast of these two individuals. We're going to see the contrast between this Pharisee and this tax collector. And I love that Jesus lays out his intentions and why he is telling the parable in the first place. He says, there were folks who were trusting in themselves. Mm. So mm. if you, I just want to just say this and put this out here. Put it you out know, there. If you are tempted and you are a frequent flyer of trusting in yourself, pay close attention. Mm. Okay. Mm. And I'm saying that to myself because <laughs> this passage. You were like, I had to pay close attention. Because I was wrecked. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so so we have this Pharisee who is going to the church, right? He's a church leader to pray. And when he starts praying, this is what's so crazy is that he's actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's not praying. He's actually tattletelling. Okay. <laughs> And as he prays, I'm going to need you to break it all the way down for us, okay. like the schoolyard. <laughs> okay. He's tattletelling. He's tattletelling. He just, he just out here tattletelling. He says, it says, standing by himself, pray thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Okay. Who, who, who are these other men? He's tattling mm. on the other men, the extortioners, mm, mm, the mm. unjust, mm, mm, the mm. adulterers, or even this. He, it's, it's almost like in my spiritual imagination, I can see him lifting up his hand like he's extra. Okay. <laughs> because all of what he's doing is extra right now. Okay. I mean, you already see that he was standing. So he was so extra. Okay. He was standing. That's a whole nother element. Okay. If you praying, are you posturing? Oh, goodness. Okay. So anyway, so he's like, and then uh, even this tax collector. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we see him tattletelling. Mm -hmm. Well, you move on to the next sentence. And as he prays, he goes from tattletelling to bragging about himself. I'm like, are we even praying right now? (laughs) Is this prayer? Have you ever been in one of those spaces? You're like, are we still praying? Are we praying or are you you praying or are you venting? Are you you gossiping? Are you venting? Are you, wait a minute. What are you doing right now? My brother, okay? (laughs) So anyway, so he goes from, from tattletelling to bragging about himself and all that he does, right? He's like, uh, me on the other hand, he mm. said, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But And so you see his heart, right? You see the self-righteousness. And so a few observations yeah. here, a few observations that I sort of see is self-righteousness roots itself in doing mm. versus who am I being or who have I been or who am I becoming? Mm. Yeah. And so it's a heart. It's a heart thing. Heart it's a heart thing. Yeah. Self-righteousness also comes off as this false humility. Yeah. He says he's addressing God. He's addressing God like he like he's praying. Like he's thanking us. It's faux praying. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's faux praying. <laughs> it's faux praying. He's like, God, I thank you. 
Okay, you are not praying, my brother. You just went into tattletelling. Okay, another observation is that false humility eventually exposes itself, which is really comparison. Oh, snap. Because it attaches to someone else's doing versus the holiness of God, right? So look how he gives a whole list of these folks and then pridefully mm-hmm. and, and then pridefully puts the tax collector on blast. Mm. So he's not even viewing himself in light of God's glory mm. and in light of God's holiness. He's actually viewing himself in light of his neighbor. Mm. And nowhere in scripture is, is Jesus telling us to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's like he's created his own ruler. And then measuring other people up against it. This is what I'm imagining. And I'm like, he didn't made up all the lines. He had made up the whole thing. Honey. Totally made up. Honey, listen. And then he's holding it up against other people measuring. God, thank you that I I am the ruler. Thank you that I am. And they are short. (laughs) So this tax collector, in contrast, right, where we see this word, but, right, we're going to see the contrast, says absolutely nothing. Mm. Okay. He literally says nothing. When you look at verse 13, it says the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes Mm -hmm. to heaven, but beat his breast. Okay, so what we're seeing is this view of himself. He is he is he is saying, I am unworthy Mm -hmm. when he finally when he finally opens his mouth. What are his words? He grasps the holiness and the righteousness of God that his words are rooting in asking this undeserving passion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the, it's the loving mercy, it's the loving, undeserving compassion of God. And he calls himself a sinner, a person immoral to the laws of God. Mm-hmm. Leah talked about that last week. And so what comes with repentance, as Leah just said in 17, there's that truth telling, that's there, there's that repentance, there's that forgiveness, there's good fruit that comes from it. Yeah. And so Jesus makes this definite statement and he gets to the point, right? He says this very concrete word, everyone, everyone everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Mm -hmm. And so then we have this little vignette of Jesus and his disciples, right? And the disciples are hindering children from coming. And Jesus says, no, don't hinder them because the kingdom of God is for these folks. It belongs to these individuals. And then emphasize to the disciples, right, that you can't enter the kingdom of God with the, without being, without this lowly state. Mm-hmm. Without posturing yourself. Without like posturing yourself yeah. Yeah. in this state as a child, mm-hmm. right? And so we see the beauty of this. And Jesus is emphasizing this mm-hmm. to the disciples, right? He's emphasizing this to them because, and this is what I loved about about just this small vignette is that Jesus is always teaching his disciples. And so in real time, he is, he's, he's saying, listen, listen to this. Mm-hmm. You're not going to show partiality. That's mm-hmm. why it says whoever does not receive, right? So they're always learning. They're always understanding. They're always growing and they're always following and understanding yeah, what the yeah. kingdom of it's God is. It's sort of is. this process. They just, because they're disciples, they haven't arrived. Right. He's continuing to correct and to teach them. Yeah. 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 So we get to the climax, okay? We get to this climax, the mm-hmm. pinnacle of chapter 18, right? And Jesus is going to... Um, 
he's going to, he's going to, uh, we get to the chap, get to this pinnacle of the chapter and we're going to hear this parable of the rich ruler. And he reveals to us, uh, what we can treasure and what is treasure mm-hmm. in the kingdom oh, of God. Now we're talking about the treasure again. <laughs> and now we, we back to treasure. Back we back to, to treasure. treasure. So looking at this in these verses, verses 18, I believe through 30, right? 18 through 30, mm-hmm. this significance is directly related to his power. Like he's a ruler, he he has accrued wealth, and he is a ruler. So he has this significance right. in society, right? And so um, that's a whole nother tangent I don't want to get on because I could go there, but I'm not. And he's bridling my tongue. But because in this <laughs> earthly, okay, because uh-huh. in this earthly city, uh-huh. what is valued uh-huh. in societal significance and accruing of wealth, yeah. right? That's what is that's what's valued in the earthly city, not yeah. the city of God, not mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. Okay. <laughs> that's just a precursor. Mm-hmm. So he calls Jesus good teacher. So this gives us a clue that he just sees Jesus as another one. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus responds, why do you call me good? Because only only God is good. You know, only God alone is good. And we see, right, that at this point in time, right, in, in the book of Luke, what has been revealed to the people in this context, right, is that they know him as the son of man. Mm-hmm. They don't, they have not embraced who he is mm-hmm. as God. Messiah God. So, Samaya, mm-hmm. Messiah God. That's right. Sorry. Messiah mm-hmm. God. So that's why he's asking. He's not saying this out of blasphemy about mm-hmm. himself. He's saying no one is good except God alone. Right. And then Jesus calls out the commands and the ruler says, yeah, I, I kept those rules since childhood. I mean, like he's like, I've, I'm crushing them. Like I'm following you, Jesus. I am a follower yep. of yours. Yep. And then Jesus one-ups, amplifies matters because he knew his heart Mm -hmm. and his struggles. And he knew that these struggles of significance, social significance, and the accruing of wealth were on the throne of his heart. Yeah. It was the the barrier. It was the barrier. Mm -hmm. And And so what ends up happening in this point is that Jesus just calls it out for what it for for what it is. And in the midst of that the rich ruler becomes deeply saddened, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Deeply saddened Mm -hmm. that he truly has embraced the treasures of this world over the treasures in heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus just tells him like, yo, you still lack this. What I want you to do Mm -hmm. is sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor who are the undeserving, okay? And you will have treasure in heaven, Mm-hmm. So this ruler, instead of following others, and he's saying, Jesus is saying, instead of you, others following you, right. Right? right? Like, I want you to lay down your social significance mm-hmm. as a ruler mm-hmm. and take the lowly place. And take the lowly place and follow me. And come and follow me, And not right? only that, but I want you to take your earthly riches and give them away so that you can have treasure in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So when one seeks to bring acts to the table to justify oneself, Jesus being fully just amplifies the act being made right, Mm -hmm. not for their demise, but for love's sake. And so we see we see right here that this this rich ruler is really he's encompassed. He's grieved by the fact that he himself, Mm -hmm. he himself (laughs) 
Can't do it. Is not in right standing with God. Mm -hmm. And then after that takes place, what happens? Then the rest of everybody else is like, well, then who can be saved? Yeah. I mean, if 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 this brother, which if is this brother who has kept all these commandments, kept all of these you're commandments, saying, do all this, and he can't do it, and he can't do who it, who can? Who can? Right? Mm -hmm. And of course, prior to this, Jesus is saying like it's 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 easier to for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than mm -hmm. to to uh, what does he say for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God? And they're like, yo, like if he can't do it, then we definitely right. And then Jesus lands on this this principle. Uh, in verse 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so God goes back, right, takes us right back to trusting, not in ourselves, but trusting in the son of man. Yeah. Okay. And then Peter is like, listen, Lord, we've left everything, right? Mm -hmm. We've left our homes. We've, we've, we've left everything for you. And Jesus says, listen, there is no one. He gets concrete again. He's just mm -hmm. like amplifying. That's what I'm saying. You guys see these pinnacles. He's like, he's totally amplified. Yeah. And he's like, there's no one who has left house or wife or brothers. And so ultimately what he's saying is your possessions and your relationships, whether you're the rich ruler mm -hmm. or whether you're just an individual who has possessions, period, mm -hmm. and relationships, mm -hmm. nothing Nothing mm -hmm. should should keep you from me. Mm -hmm. And so And when you lay those things down, when you when lay you them lay down, lay those earthly things down, you yeah. will receive yeah. multiple fold in the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. And then we, we get to 31, right, to 34. And Jesus is going to foretell his death. Mm -hmm. He's foretelling his death and what's to come, what will happen when he is crucified. And because it hasn't been revealed to them, they don't understand, for it is the spirit that reveals that. Right. And then we get to this last text, which is Jesus and this blind beggar. And as they're getting closer to Jericho, right? Jesus already tells us how he feels in Luke 4, 18 about those who are blind, right? He's come to give sight to the blind. Yes. So this blind man is sitting and he's begging on the side of the road. Jesus shows, um, shows up. He's, he's out and about amongst mm -hmm. the people. And, and the, the beggar, this blind beggar, he begins to what? He cries out, and he cries out persistently, y'all. Yeah, yeah. And there's that persistence. That persistence. That, that, that loudness as mm -hmm. well. I that mean, loudness. This, this urgency to be heard. Yeah, yeah. And to call Jesus by what name? Yeah, Jesus, son of David. Son so of this David. speaks to yeah. the fact that he understands that this is the Messiah. Yeah, he gets this it. This is the salvation. And he then knows. guess what he says? Have mercy on me. It mm -hmm. echoes 
the tax collector, the tax collector right? sure. that undeserving mm-hmm. compassion again. And Jesus stops. He says, bring them to me. And he, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. Like when we see who Jesus is, Jesus has no problem doing yes. for us. Yeah. That's just a nugget. Okay. That is a nugget. <laughs> that, is that, a nugget. that is a nugget. When we see him as he is. And so he says, Lord, let me recover my sight. Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And then in verse 43, it says, immediately Mm -hmm. he recovered his sight. So we go from the present, like Jesus in active time is like, sight recovered, done. And then you get there and immediately Mm -hmm. it's already done. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's how speedily and the fact that those two the two of them he says that back to back he says recover uh-huh. your sight and right after that your faith has made you well yeah and it, it echoes right what we were talking about with the leper right yep. there's this he there's this kingdom of God yep. it is Jesus coming to manifest these physical yep. healings yep. Always to foreshadow that he yep. his word spoken yep. heals our very souls yep. and faith. Yeah. Is that word spoken for the soul healing? Yeah. It's yeah. All, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's and good. so we see it. And he and and what's so what's what I love so much about Jesus is that he uses these intentional words yeah. immediately, yeah. right? And so with the lepers, mm-hmm. with this blind beggar, and it comes full circle to the beginning of the chapter as well of 18 yeah. with this uh with with this widow and Jesus says, how much more will I respond speedily, speedily. So this immediately and speedily. And because of that, what happens? The beggar follows him and he glorifies God. Mm -hmm. Because when you are truly saved, Mm -hmm. when when your faith is found in the longing of your soul and you're truly set free where you've been held captive... All you want to do is follow him and glorify him. And so that's how uh, the chapter ends and people are giving praise to God. Mm -hmm. So we see, uh, who do we see Christ as, as we combine these two chapters? Yeah. I mean, Christ is ultimately the manifestation of the kingdom of God. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about him healing, him showing that he takes Mm -hmm. the broken things and makes them whole. And he takes the broken nature of our souls and brings wholeness that only he can. And so he is the manifestation of the kingdom of God where Christ is God's kingdom is. Mm. And then again, with all all that we've seen in 18, I feel like just continues to point to Christ is our righteousness. Listen, we bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing to the table. We bring nothing to the table. We can't list our accomplishments Mm -hmm. and list our achievements and say, I'm thankful I'm not like this tax collector. We cannot do that because ultimately, who went away justified? Yeah. Who went away justified? That same word is being made righteous. Tax collector. The tax collector who humbled himself and received the mercy yeah. of of even just right. the the proper perspective yeah. of God. So socially he was a traitor. Yeah. And what does the kingdom mm-hmm. of God do mm-hmm. in the upside it, this upside down yeah. living? It's what does he do? He exchange. becomes friend. Yes. Yes. He becomes yes. friend, he becomes justified. Yes. My yes. goodness. Yes. So it's that mm. great exchange we see where Christ is the righteousness for us, not our own. Um and so yeah, and so as we move into just like what are we how are we processing this? How are we taking this away? How are we walking this yeah. out mm-hmm. um, spiritually, both per- spiritually, personally, and socially and culturally? Yeah, spiritually, what I would say is one of the things that we we really want to be aware of are what are the ways in which 
we may be walking away from the manifestation of Christ and his redemption? And are we going toward the imperfect sacrifices, towards rituals, towards yeah. institutions, yeah. towards yeah. systems, towards fill in the blank, mm-hmm. instead of going towards the very presence of Christ, yeah. the manifestation, Jesus being with us, yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel, God with us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, to me, that's one of, that's a huge takeaway. Yeah. Are, we, are we walking towards him? Or are we walking mm-hmm. away from him mm-hmm. towards imperfect sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 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 And then, yeah, and so personally, um, I mean, I think just in that model of the persistent widow, when I see what is not as it should be, am I running to the God of justice or am I seeking unjust hands to run it for me? That the, the God of justice, the one who will make all things right, who often we believe in our mm. unbelief, mm-hmm. we believe in our lack of belief mm-hmm. that he's moving too slowly. Yeah. We begin to turn Ooh. towards these other avenues, right? Seek justice by these other avenues instead oh, of man. trusting in. Can we really trust that God of justice to yeah. perfectly run that thing all the way? Girl. Or do we begin to turn towards other means that, that are imperfect, mm. not fully the full justification that mm. he will do in his time mm. that only he can do. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that that could be unpacked for a whole other 20 minutes. It could. It could. We don't it got could. that. We don't got so it. So we're just going to drop that there and keep moving. <laughs> Spend some time with, with that and the Lord with yourself. Yes. Go ahead. Oh, Go. Mercy. What's, what's this social yes. and then So I know. I'm like, can y'all just come over and sit with us for a couple please, hours? Then we please. really, we will really get, get coffee, into some things. Everything, honey. Mm. Everything. Yes. Yeah. That would be so good. But I think, yeah, I think the so the social and cultural element as well that we see, that I think yeah. we both saw standing out. Yeah. Is like in this context of like. All right, well, now Jesus is warning the disciples to watch, you know, for those that are saying they see a sign at the end times around yeah, every yeah, yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know socially and culturally, that's real for us right now. There's it's people so literally real. on Facebook right now so saying we, they see the sign in the end times. The last days. And I'm like, full stop. What does Jesus say? He says it's going to come in a way like lightning in the sky. You're not even going to know it, but you will see it and you will know for sure. And we definitely saw what was coming, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> so anyway, but go well, ahead. Some of us saw what was coming. The, vo- the voice of the brown church saw what was coming, but <laughs> go ahead, carry on, carry, carry on, on, carry on, carry on. And then some um, of some of yes. our some of our vanilla brothers, is yes, saw absolutely. Okay. absolutely. I'm gonna give them some credit. Yes, there was a some. prophetic, there was a prophetic remnant, absolutely. <laughs> but th- that's not what we came to talk about. No, it was not. Go ahead, say what you. And say. finally, so we so we have all of that and the warnings of that. And then in the context of the rich young ruler, oh my I mean, goodness. do not want to miss that the next thing the disciples said, like you were talking about, who can be saved? Yeah. Who can be saved? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just this, this reminder of, look, we are looking around and seeing that everything, every measurement that we mm-hmm. make for ourselves is a measurement that is going to fall short. And the only one who can make it happen mm-hmm. is Christ himself. Yeah. Is Christ himself. We all have been putting some level of social significance in in sort of our, our treasure bank. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus is saying, no, empty that treasure yeah. social so that signi- you can have the yeah. true treasure. Yeah, social significance and the accruing of wealth. Yeah. You and know what I'm saying? Wealth. That's a huge, mm-hmm. like, let's, just like what you were talking about in 17, let's tell the truth, yeah. let's repent right. so that we can receive that forgiveness. Yes. As American, in our American culture, mm-hmm. we have a an unhealthy 
posture yeah. towards the accruing of wealth, yes. the accruing of riches, the accruing, the accruing, mm-hmm. the accruing, mm-hmm. accruing of clothes, mm-hmm. accruing of food. I mean, like, and when we when we look on a global scale, I know that's why we got to. That's why we just can't look at right. American broad, church, it's right? Broad. It's got to be broad mm-hmm. scope. Really, we all wealthy over here. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let let's come correct and yeah and, and, and just and just see God's hand mm. and, and understand that. He's he's giving us this to help us see that apart from him we are nothing. Mm-hmm. And and that judgment is going to come knocking at our door and we're going to say, "Well, Lord, mm-hmm. did I not?" You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and so there's this real unless we are truly hid in and, him yes. and our treasure is in him. Yeah, and yeah. saying and, and I'm not saying that this is an easy thing. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, in real time, mm-hmm. how this is flushed out in my personal life mm-hmm. is I'm praying every day, "Lord, help me to renounce the things of this world. Yeah. Help me to renounce my comforts. Mm-hmm. Help me to renounce I like being cute. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I like being cute. Mm-hmm. Help me to renounce a cruel all of that Mm -hmm. because really what you're asking me to do is for all you're asking for all of me yeah yeah to come under submission Mm -hmm. to your authority yeah help me lord yeah Woo. on that note pray for us (laughs) because there's not much more we can say we've already said so many things we've said so many things and the the treasure is rich I'm, i'm 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 thankful to the lord that there's just so much here so yeah will you pray for us Father, thank you so much for Luke chapter 17 and 18. Thank you, Father, for the ways in which you call us towards the truth of your word about what it means to uh, pursue truth and repentance and forgiveness and to move forward in into a posture of active faith. Lord, we want our souls to be transformed. That's that's what our desire is, is for our souls to be transformed, not just uh, for you to heal us on the outside, but Lord, would you heal us on the inside so that we may glorify you, so that we may follow you. And Father, we pray uh, that that prayer would be action for us to root ourselves in the truth, to root ourselves in faith, And to see, Lord, that we are completely and totally unworthy had it not been for you and what you have done for us, Lord. Help us that as we walk in righteousness through the power of your spirit, Lord, that it would lead us to forsake all idols. That it would lead us to forsake the idols of the heart and the idols of the flesh. God, help us to treasure heaven more than we treasure this earthly city. Help us to treasure and be reminded of the beauty of the inheritance of eternal life. Help us, Lord God, to treasure not just eternal life, but Father, help us, Lord God, to understand that there are much more, much more riches that you provide uh, to us and for us than just these earthly things that rust and moth will destroy. And so, Father, we pray that as we put our lives in your hands, God, that you would continue to help us, Lord, to follow you with every fiber of our being this day and in the days ahead, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.